It's time for episode 418 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the podcast that's always in 4-4 time. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by a special guest host, our host emeritus co-creator of Clockwise. He's returned to seek his rightful birthright. It's Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. <laughs> I have defeated Micah Sargent. Or, well, actually, he had something to do, so he asked me to fill in for him. It's not that dramatic. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. Welcome back. It's always good to have Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back on Clockwise. And it's also great to have with us two fantastic guests, as we do every week. To my left this week, it's the community manager at Micro.blog and a podcaster of many shows, including Voyager Revisited over at The Incomparable. And of course, our favorite keeper of guinea pigs is Gene McDonald. Welcome back, Gene. Oh, thank you for having me. And I... Um excited to get into these topics as usual and to my left i have known this person for a very long time now she is the senior editor of it pro today one of the original podcasters at the incomparable so many other things going on uh great uh, newsletter called so what who cares uh, it's lisa schmeiser hi lisa hi it's a pleasure to be back here on clockwise and i'm so thrilled to have you as the guest host today Oh, thank you. Lisa wins. That's it. It's over. <laughs> and nobody we, told me this was a game show. <laughs> uh, the points don't matter. That's My the bell first is game. Just makes it more fun to play. My bell is back <laughs> in a box somewhere, so I can't ring it right now. I'll have to find that later. Well, let's kick things off. I'll take the first topic today. Amazon had a bevy of announcements this week. Among them, the one that grabbed the most attention, probably Astro. A little robot that trundles around your home and spies on you. Uh, Astro, is it a cute little robot friend that's going to bring you drinks, or is it a dark harbinger of the future? Let's discuss. Gene? <laughs> dark harbinger of the future, and I throw the rest of my remaining time to the uh, the podcaster of Robot or Not. <laughs> <laughs> but John Syracuse is not here. Okay. Uh, Dan... Help me out here. First of all, you said bring me drinks, but it yeah, has no arm. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Lots of asterisks You'd have, on that. It is unable to to bring you drinks. It also, I believe, doesn't vacuum. Correct. Uh, but what it does do is have wheels or treads or something, I don't know, that it can move around your house and bring its microphones and cameras wherever you want it to go and maybe even where you don't want it to go uh okay let's let's just be real here this is a dumb product it's a dumb idea uh, it is the latest in amazon's ongoing series of uh uh throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks and occasionally something sticks like the amazon echo but this this is more like a fire phone it's a bad idea this is a product that is it's expensive it's useless it got them a lot of attention. I guess they win because we're talking about it now too. But um, it's 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 not only a dumb, useless product, but just the idea that now you're basically paying Amazon a thousand bucks to have a drone 
move around your house and surveil you. And I, I just, I never really thought to myself, you know, I wish my Amazon Echo could get off the countertop and follow me around. But apparently somebody at Amazon did. Also, apparently, according to a report in Vice, <laughs> a lot of the people who worked on this product like to point out that one of the things that it's really good at <laughs> is falling down a flight of stairs. So, oh, uh, you killed Astro. Uh, anyway, Eat it, it's Dalek. That's all I have. Yeah, it's Dalek. Yeah, this is like a really, really, really lousy Dalek. Lisa? Okay, yeah, it is my turn now. I feel like it takes some real group think inside that company, uh, too. In the year of our Lord 2021, say, this robot will help with caregiving. (laughs) 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 When, no. (laughs) All it does... um, there's a lot of tech companies that are trying to get into quote unquote the caregiving space and they seem to be conflating constant surveillance with actual hands on caregiving. Um, like why that conflation is wrong and dumb and needs to die is an entirely different podcast. <laughs> but, um, all this does is generate data that the users can't really act on. Oh my goodness. There's somebody, there, there's a stranger in my house and this robot has fallen. Oh, the stranger has kicked the robot. That's, that's <laughs> the user experience. Um, and it's just a great way for people to pay lots of money to give Amazon lots of data on what products they're using in their house and how they use and what their habits are so that Amazon can sell that data to other companies and make even more money. It's, it's just astonishing. Like in terms of does this product need to exist? No. Will Amazon get something out of this product? Yes. Is it a harbinger of the future? Yes. Do I hate the future now? Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stake out some bold ground here and say that it's even worse than that. Uh, I mean, the only way it could be worse, actually, is if the thing could fly around. Oh, wait, nope, they did that, too. Never mind. They had that flying camera thing that it still isn't on sale. Uh, this is, Here's what I really dislike about this. Amazon has clearly decided that the way into customers' houses is essentially marketing through fear. All of these things are part of this security, like uh, smart security realm which is telling you that you're in danger constantly. You need cameras and you need microphones monitoring things because you are in danger and therefore you need to spend all this money on security stuff because it feels like a very easy way to approach customers and say you need this product, right? Like, oh, it's not a, if it's just a useless robot that drives around and, and brings you drinks, literally no one will buy that. And again, asterisk on the bringing drinks, somebody has to put a drink into it and then they can send it to you. As long as you're not upstairs or downstairs. Yeah, your butler, your butler can tape a drink to its head and then send it to Throw you. Throw itself down a flight of stairs and hopefully your drink is intact. But again, I think Amazon, they've seen some, some you know, success with the whole ring ecosystem. And I think they feel like this is it. This is how we convince people it's not just a useless gadget. It's about your safety. And I think that's truly awful because it strikes me as something that encourages all of us to feel like we're less safe or subscribe to this illusion of safety, where, as Lisa pointed out, it's a two-foot-high robot. <laughs> you can. It's not like it has a taser, as I said on another show this week. It's not going to do anything to like stop somebody who comes into your house. So, yeah, I, I think it's... I agree with Jason. It's a stupid product. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic today, which comes from Jean. All right, then. Um, new iPhones and iPads are coming out as we are speaking, and your family members are buying them. 
What are your greatest challenges as family tech support specialist? Oh, wow. Uh, You know, networking is always a challenge in my own house. Um, New devices, uh, coming on board, uh, figuring out, keeping the family network up, uh, needing to update the family network, which means the Wi-Fi goes out, which leads to screams from far away in my house (laughs) when that happens. I try to warn them, but sometimes that doesn't happen. So networking, hooking things up, uh, hooking a video game console up. When my daughter comes home to visit, we, we usually keep the video game console in her room but then she comes home to visit my son is like oh, I, I i need to play my video games i need and so we move it out to the <laughs> living room and then i'm like trying to get like uh hdmi plugging in and so that the remotes will still work and that it'll auto switch to the video game console and then it's not good enough because it's not in game mode and that's super frustrating and i would say my number one thing and and the tech is getting better here but my number one thing is um especially with people relying on ios devices uh having um no screen sharing, which is is now changing, but having no screen sharing, so my mother will end up like FaceTiming her iPhone, taking a picture of her iPad so that I can try to make out what's going on. Like it's just it's really hard to do troubleshooting remotely. So the, those are the those are at the top of my greatest hits list. Gene, thank you for making me relive all of that <laughs> terrible feeling. Now, Lisa, okay. Um- I think mine is less hardware focused and more behavior focused. Um, I live in a multi-generational household. I have both septuagenarians and preteens and um, they are surprisingly similar in that we do have to teach them things like um, do not respond to the text that tells you that your iCloud has been hacked and you need to call this number to, <laughs> to get it back in again, or do not, search do not turn off the safe search on google because you will not like what you find when you search for specific images uh so it's it's mostly things like that and having to uh, build in some media literacy and tech literacy um to check that backups are actually happening to make sure they know where their assets and their files are to reassure them that pop-ups are you know you don't have to do what the pop-up says, <laughs> things like that. So, so that's, that's basically it is it's more social stuff and less hardware stuff. And, um, a lot of it just comes down to, do you have a question? Just, just come see me. I'm always here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've streamlined that process I'll at be, least. I'll, I'll be here all week <laughs> and the week after that and the week after that. Uh, I, you know what, at least I almost have the opposite problem. I feel like I've trained, especially my parents like too well. So now I get calls and, and texts all the time when it's like, <laughs> Oh, uh, my iPhone told me that a new device is using my FaceTime and iMessage uh, like email address. And I was like, it's, it's probably fine. But like, <laughs> I have to like now check and be like, no, that's, that's actually valid. It's just weird because iOS does that sometimes. And I don't know why. Um, but it, it goes back to what Jason was talking about, which is the, the, lack of the screen sharing and being able to do that remotely is a huge impediment because what would take me, you know, 10 seconds to glance at a screen and be like, oh yeah, that, that's fine. Don't worry about that. Instead turns into a multi-minute thing where it's like, all right, well, all right, tap on this thing. Uh, what do you see there? Oh, wait, uh, which which version of iOS? Oh, you're running iOS 12 because you have an old phone. Okay. I don't remember what that looks like. So I need to now think <laughs> harder and like try to Google stuff as I'm on the phone uh, trying to explain like, all right, no, that's fine. No. Okay. Okay. You're going to get a two-factor code now. All right. Remember that number or write it down. Um, <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of the things I think it comes down to reliability, like Apple devices are 
pretty reliable for the most part. But there's enough weirdness and little things that pop up from time to time that not being able to easily like tell people you can ignore this dialog box, but not this one is definitely a pain. So uh, I appreciate the all the like the training that has happened. And uh, I think my my folks especially are pretty good with these things these days. But um, in some ways, it would simplify things if they did update more frequently, because then at least I would be able to look at my own phone as a reference instead of trying to cast my mind back to what did that interface look like three years ago when you last <laughs> got a new phone? Uh, Gene, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, one of the the trainings that I feel like I have successfully accomplished um, is not having my father call me before he goes into a Verizon store instead of during or after, um, because they always try to sell him something that he doesn't need, you know, a MiFi, for example, when he has an <laughs> iPhone or whatever. And I always wished his phone could be kind of geofenced to just ping me. <laughs> If he walked into any <laughs> tech store, uh, that would be helpful. So, you know, there are people who are trying to get him off the path. But this last go round with my dad was over updating the iOS to the latest, you know, that security um, update that they had a couple weeks ago. And he just didn't have enough room on his iPad to do it. And we couldn't together decide what to delete. And I said, don't delete He's like, oh, I could get rid of X number of gigabytes. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it yet. <laughs> no. Like, you know, it's, I said, I know it seems like that's the thing to do and the iPad would like you to do that. But um, eventually we landed on the, the best solution of all was let's go buy you the new iPad. Yeah, there you go. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Apple loves that solution, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Electric. Somewhere along the way, you've picked up onboarding and offboarding, new employees, managing app licenses, company devices and networks, checking all of those cybersecurity boxes and fielding never-ending IC support requests like, where's my password again? On top of the 10,000 other things you do every day, you've added the do the work of an entire IT team to your list. Thankfully, there is a solution, and it doesn't require cloning yourself or spending the next six months interviewing IT managers. Try Electric. Electric is the IT management platform made for all of the many hat wearers out there who just need someone to handle it. With Electric, you get the visibility and control of an IT management platform with the practical help of over 100 IT specialists. That's a whole team here to take on all those extra IT tasks you've picked up. They can field IT support tasks directly from your team through your favorite corporate messaging app while giving you full visibility into every project. So you can focus on more strategic things like your actual job description. Unbury yourself from IT tasks. Head over to electric.ai slash clockwise and get started. And just for taking a qualified meeting with our team, they'll give you a pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones. That's right. Visit electric.ai slash clockwise and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones today just for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. And that is halftime. And I pass the baton to Jason Snell. Thank you. The, well, the baton is with the drum major who's just left the field because halftime, the halftime show is over. On the way out. On the way um, out. Also, you mentioned hat wearers, Dan. You. You're my That's favorite me. hat wearer. That's true. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Uh, topic number three. I have been getting into the photos widget. I Here's a little plug. I write a book for Take Control Books about photos. I'm doing the new version of it. Uh, one of the things that I've been playing with is all of the widgets that they offer in, especially uh, put it on your iPhone, put it on your iPad. 
uh, app screen. It's pretty nice. And it has uh, done really a remarkable job of floating up old photos and sets of old photos. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm revisiting things in my photo library like I really never did before I started uh, seeing that widget every day. And I, it made me wonder, what do you do? I assume you all have big libraries of photos stored away somewhere. What do you do to uh, get use out of those to surface or revisit old memories? Or are they really just sort of down the memory hole stored, but never accessible and never viewed? Uh, Lisa, what do you think? I think you've talked me into playing more with the widget, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should give it a try. Yeah, no, I should. Because um, I was very much a, I organize my photos by album. However, main t- like organizing and maintaining albums is really time consuming. And yeah. um, it's then it turns into like just another information asset management task you have to do. And then you feel guilty and then you avoid looking at photos and then you feel bad. And it's now um, what I do now is I, as it turns out, I do have like the widget on my phone. It floats a new photo every once in a while. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Um, and that's about it. I guess you could say most of them are memory hold. Uh, I on a slightly related note, I don't interface much with Facebook anymore, and it amuses me that every time I do have to visit that site for something, it's always throwing up memories of, hey, remember when your kid was a baby and she was cute? Here are some photos. Interact with us. <laughs> <laughs> like someone at that company is like, photos will do it. Photos will improve engagement. That's it. Um, that's it. So that that that's it. Clearly, I need to climb out of the memory hole, and it sounds to me, Jason, like widgets are the way I'm going to have to do it. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. I'll second the widget thing. I, I put one of the photo widgets on one of my screens uh, last year when the widgets came out in iOS 14, and I really enjoyed it for that exact reason. It pops up photos, and I'm like, wait, where was that photo? Or like, oh, when did I take that? Um, and so I end up flipping through it, and I'll usually go into the – there's a section of the Photos app that's like your featured photos, which it pulls from. Um, and so I'll flip through like the eight pictures it picks picks every day and i know i've heard some people poo poo that but i really like it i i find usually an interesting assortment of things and kind of from all over i mean i've been you know i've got 20 years of digital photos and and seeing stuff pop up from like oh that's my trip to europe when i I was like in my 20s you know (laughs) like it's kind of it's fun and and it does encourage you to revisit things in your library um if i had one complaint in ios 15 about that i find that it usually seems to surface a lot more of the memories videos, which are fine, but I would rather look through the featured photos because I don't always want to play a video when I'm just like, oh, where's that photo from? Oh, now I have to go into the memory, find the photo, and then I can try to look it up. Um, And I've also got my wife into it. She has the photo widget now too. So like we kind of trade every day, like, oh, what are your featured photos? And we get a chance to like flip back through those. So it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It is where we are adorable, Lisa. I don't want to tell you. (laughs) Gene, what about you? Uh, I, you know, this is one of the things I kind of miss about Facebook, which I quit a few years ago, is that one thing Facebook did well was pop up photos, you know, and like one year ago or whatever, this happened. And, and if you were on Facebook, it would just put it in your feed. Um, I, I, like Lisa, I'm like, okay, I'm totally gonna give the photo widget more of a try than I did initially, because it seems like that's probably the thing that would do it for me. On um, on Microdot blog, we have something called, it's an on this day plugin, mm. which is pretty cool, but you have to remember to go to it. Um, I'm sure somebody at Microdot 
blog, not me, could figure out a way to just make that pop into your feed so you would see it no matter what. But yeah, anything where you have to take a step to go see it is um, a, a step I probably will forget about. So having a photo widget staring me on the device I'm already looking at would be awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Dan mentioned memories. There's a new version of memories in iOS 15 that I think is actually better because it is controllable. You can sort of tap through it. It is a slideshow and you can let it play, but you can also just kind of tap through it or tap and hold. And it, it, it's, I think, uh, a nice compromise where it really works well as a video, but it's also completely interactive. I think they did a really good job with it. And there, there's some uh, really amazing uses of machine learning in there that, that include some pairing of photos and things and transitions that are just kind of amazing when they when they work and they don't always but they do a lot of the time and then um the other thing i wanted to mention is i also got into large print uh versions of my digital photos uh, i use shutterfly but a lot of services will do this and we've got three or four giant uh you know large format prints in frames of favorite photos on our walls and I shut I, I switch those out every few years um, as our kids grow up. But it is uh, another great way to surface things from your library. Uh, and we also do a calendar every year that's got pictures that we pick from the previous year. And those are just other ways. I highly recommend finding some strategies to get uh, your photos in, in your in your field of vision because they're not doing anybody any good sitting in the middle of a photo library. And uh, that leaves us one last topic. Lisa, what do you have All for right. us? So you all know that Facebook's got their little mono device that's meant to connect people to talking to each other, the Facebook portal. And Amazon has just made a $250 video chat device that does the same thing aimed at kids. But I kept thinking, are we all buying these uh, highly focused uh, devices? Or do we communicate with our far flung friends and family using the devices we already have? I would love to know what tech platforms you use to talk to people that you aren't living with. Yeah, I think predominantly it's become Zoom. And I think the rationale for that has ended up being a lot like that old saying about how democracy is the worst form of the government except all the others, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is how I feel about Zoom. It's like it's yeah. not great, but the other alternatives are often worse. Um, it has recently, uh, I, I've noticed that one thing I do wish existed, and I know there's been rumors of this, is a, an Apple-branded device that lets you do FaceTime as like a standalone thing, or ideally, like hooked up to my TV, because my wife and I were uh, engaged in one of our, our weekly D&D games with some friends who are remote, and having like the laptop like sitting on the coffee table and pointing that at us, and then sharing the display to the screen was cool for us being able to see it but like it was just awkward like because the laptop's over here and the tv's over there and all that so i i really you know wish there was better option to use some of those things in sort of the big screen um i have used facetime a little bit when it comes to communicating to friends and family but obviously it's only recently become available to people who aren't on the apple platform and it's just there's too much built-in inertia where it, when it comes to things like Zoom or even Skype, where at least everybody's got an account and everybody knows how it works to, to really convince people to transition <laughs> unless they're already <laughs> Apple users. So that's kind of where we're at. Gene, what about you? Yeah, my family is all Apple users um, at this moment, which is great. But uh, we still use Zoom. I think it just feels easier than FaceTime. I, I can't 
and I can't put my finger on it, but FaceTime, as we found as a group, was was uh, was not as rock solid as Zoom. And, and so I laugh when you say, well, we all know how Zoom works and we all installed it. That's only because of the pandemic. You know, my father, my stepmother, they have no problem, you know, hopping on a Zoom call. And we have them every week. We've had them every week since March 2020. And uh, I think that's... That's a testament to how easy it has been for everybody to use that. I um, agree with Dan, by the way. Uh, Center Stage, I think, is one of the greatest things that Apple's come out with in a long time. And right now it's only on a couple of iPads, but I think it's got to go everywhere. And I would also love to see it in places like a HomePod-like device that's in the kitchen and uh, something you can put on your TV so that it can, uh, for those who don't know, it's like a super wide screen uh, or super wide angle lens on a camera. And then it uses machine learning to basically be a virtual camera operator and zoom in on the people who are in the image. It works great. It needs to be everywhere. It's really made all of my video conferences better. I try to use the iPad whenever possible now because Center Stage is so good at doing that. But it's not ideal for some of these uh, for some of these things where you'd like it. I'd love to have it on on my TV in the living room. That would be great. And uh, we use Zoom for our family. Uh, every other week, family video chats, uh, we are using Zoom. And then I call my mom every week, and that's a FaceTime video call. So a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I think one-on-one, I'm very comfortable with FaceTime. FaceTime as a group messaging system. Uh, it's <laughs> They've changed it in iOS 15, but still, like everybody has been trained. Everybody's got Zoom, so we pretty much use that. So rounding this off, uh, two things I noticed from everybody's prior replies. One, nobody is like, I would like a device dedicated just to calling other people on a video phone. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and two, inertia is powerful. Uh, as I say, for me and mine, it's Zoom uh, for the multi-platform calls. It's QuickTime for everybody. Not QuickTime, FaceTime? sorry. FaceTime, yes. I was like, QuickTime, yes. We record messages, Amazing. text them to each other. We use QuickTime to do oh, it. Oh, it's, like, it's like a Ken Burns documentary over there. Yes. <laughs> Dearest Martha, I have made Thanksgiving plans. Um, no, we do use FaceTime with the people who have it. And, you know, half of the fun there is trying to find an angle where you don't look like you're talking up somebody's nose. And um, what I have noticed is among the younger set, they got locked into Facebook Messenger as a way to keep in touch with with each other during lockdown. And now the kids will video call each other for like just five minutes um, within FaceTime Messenger on whatever device they happen to have and, and have Messenger for kids running on. So, you know, that's it. Again, there's been no clamor from anybody in, in my immediate or extended family over, I'd like a device that I can use to call people like a portal maybe like that hasn't happened at all instead it's been mostly oh this has worked for a friend of mine so now it's working for me all right that is that is four topics down we have just enough time for a bonus topic and our our guest host emeritus has brought oh. one with him yes i uh mm-hmm. thanks to micah for giving me this slot and thanks for dan for letting me keep it uh we are in about to be in high season at least for uh for north america in terms of sports where all the major sports are briefly all happening at once and that put me in a sports mindset so i thought i'd ask each of you uh, what is your favorite sport to play and what is your favorite sport to watch lisa Team sports stress me out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they do. Um, so I guess swimming would be my favorite one to play for a given uh-huh. value of playing. Um, 
because I, I used to swim and I do open water swim races sometimes. Um, and to watch, oh gosh, probably a tie actually between hockey and soccer. Yeah. I just really love the mayhem and I find it <laughs> and it just the mayhem in hockey is great and soccer is just the the action is unrelenting and it's everywhere. I love watching it. I think watching for me has generally been baseball um although it's been a long time since I really sat down and watched a baseball game, but uh I do tend to enjoy them when I see them. Uh, for playing, it's Ultimate Frisbee, which I played for many years, but I have not played in a long time now and feel that I'm unfortunately probably way too out of shape to play again. But maybe someday I'll get back in shape. That's what I keep telling myself. Jean? Well, the last sport that I actually participated in was archery, and I enjoyed it, Ooh. and I would do it again if uh, the opportunity came my way. But uh, as a UNC Chapel Hill graduate, that's the one thing I got from my college education is I love basketball. I love to watch it. And uh, for me to play, I'm going to say tennis, although it's been a little while since I played tennis. I don't think VR ping pong counts, although, boy, <laughs> I have played a lot of VR ping pong lately, let me tell you. And to watch it, it's baseball, like Dan, except I actually watched a baseball game last night and watch a lot of them. So I, uh, but yes, so many, so many. And it's about to be uh, October and I'll be a baseball zombie for the next month. So goodbye, everybody. Anyway, thank you for your bonus topics. And Dan, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Is that how it works still? Indeed it does and all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week gene mcdonald thank you so much for being here it was awesome and lisa schmeiser thank you for being here it was such a pleasure thank you for having me and we will be back next week probably sans jason but thank you for filling uh. in jason uh and until then we remind all of you listening out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody bye <laughs>